So excited to be here. I'm glad that you chose to be here with us today. I want to get right into uh, the word of God on today. We're in this series. This is your year talking about total health for the total person. We spoke our first week about being spiritually healthy, um, how that really is the foundation for um, our lives. It's the foundation for everything, being spiritually healthy. And then we moved on to something that gets a little more personal and sometimes a little more um, uncomfortable. We started talking about emotional health um, and how that has become somewhat of a taboo um, topic in the church. We don't really want to talk about it. What we say is, you know, Jesus will take care of it all, but we don't tell people that he wants to also deal with us in the area of our emotions, our attitude, um, our reaction. We talked about how our attitude and our emotions can either attract blessings to us or they can detract them away from us. And so we want to really uh, get control of that area of our life. How many of you have ever said something that you had to go back and either apologize for or say, well, I didn't really mean that or I really didn't mean it like that. But in the moment, um, your emotions got uh, the best of you. And so God wants us to have control in that area. In Proverbs, it says this, that a man that has no control or no rule over his own spirit is like one that's a city broken down without walls. So to have control over our attitude um, and our emotions um, gives us a degree of protection um, in our lives so that we don't lose what God is trying to do in our lives. Can we say amen? And so my, my full intention this week um, was to talk and, and, and to continue to build in this vein and talk about being physically healthy. But as we've been on this fast and as we've been uh, praying, God has kind of tugged on my heart. Um, our team got a little preview of this um, as we were on the stage finishing set up yesterday. Um, but wanted to Instead of talking about physically healthy, which we'll come to, because uh, this is going to be uh, a theme throughout our year about this total health of the total person, but I want to talk about being healthy disciples. I want to talk about being healthy disciples. I think this, is, this really tugs on my heart because I'm going to be real honest with you that what church has become is a social club. It's quiet in here where we just come together and we don't really understand why we're here. Um, we take the name of, of Christian and don't understand the foundation root of that word is Christ. Um, and so when we come together, we want to be Christ-like. We want to be growing in our knowledge of the Lord. Um, how many of you know that there's some things, and this is why I want to tell you this, there's some things that you'll do for people solely because you have a relationship with them. Is that right? There's some things, there's, there's some access that people have to you because of the relationship that they have with you. There's things that you'll do for one person, I'm not talking about partiality, but you'll do them for one person that you wouldn't necessarily do them for another based on the level of relationship that you have. There's something that you'll do for your wife or your husband or your, your friend or your bae. Is that what they call it? Um, I'm trying to be cool, mom. All right, all right. You know, but my point is that, that you'll do some things for them solely out of uh, the relationship that you have with them, even if they're inconvenient for you. But there's other people that you don't have a level of relationship with them because you don't have a level of relationship with them if what they're asking for you or if what they need from you is any inch of an inconvenience, you probably won't do it. So we want to realize that the foundation of our access to the things of God, the promises of God, the destiny, the purpose that he has for our life is birthed out of what? Relationship. And so I want to talk about, well, what does it mean to be a healthy disciple. It is a tragedy if we come into God's house every week. We come into house, God's house every Sunday and we don't grow in our knowledge of God. We don't grow in our relationship with the Lord. Now, 
Here's what I didn't say. I didn't say that there's not things that you don't need. There's not things that you don't need to obtain from God. There's not places that you need to go in God. But I want to help us to reassess our priorities and all of these things and realize that what comes first, watch this, say relationship. Relationship comes first. That means that when you come in and you sit down, that I should annoy you sometimes because I'm poking at you, trying to help you grow in your relationship with God. Um, Let me give you an example. My father... um, about three weeks ago, he was moving something, um, and we live a little bit further away from him, so sometimes he don't use the best wisdom and call and ask for help. So he was moving something, um, and I love him. He'll hear this later, and he'll fuss at me for saying it. But he was moving something, really didn't have any business moving, and he pulled a muscle. And so he went to his doctor, and his doctor prescribed him something. And Short version is whatever he gave him wasn't helping, so he couldn't, couldn't sleep in the bed, had to go sleep on the recliner in order to get comfortable. So he went back to the doctor again, and the doctor said, you know, well, if, if what I prescribed is not helping, y'all are going to miss this. If what I prescribed you is not helping, for some of you, the world has prescribed stuff that's not helping. But he's prescribed stuff that's not helping. Your friends have prescribed stuff that's not helping. Your own mind has prescribed stuff that's not helping. And the doctor said, I've got to send you to somebody, watch this, who specializes in this. So he recommended he go to an orthopedic person. An orthopedic, all they got to do, watch this. Now, his doctor looked at x-rays. But someone who's a specialist, all he had to do was poke him in the right spot. And he poked him in the right spot. He said, this is what's wrong. This is what we're going to give for you. He said, now I'm doing better. When you come in church, sometimes you got to be poked in the right spot in order to get what you need from God. And sometimes you will be mad at the doctor, the physician that God has put in your life, because the first thing that happens when they poke you before you get better, it hurts. And so when we talk about emotions and we talk about being spiritually healthy, sometimes some of those things you were sitting here listening and some of what I said, you said amen, but you said it gritting your teeth because what you heard hurt before it helped. And so when we're disciples, when we come to God, watch this. We don't need to come to Jesus for him to tell us what we already know. And see, many of us, we say amen when when he affirms, well, yeah, this is what I wanted. And Jesus is talking about what I wanted. But what about when he goes into an area of your life that you necessarily don't want to expose or uncover, but that he wants to deal with in order to make you whole? When you're whole, then everything doesn't move you and everything doesn't bother you. And not that we don't, you know, have our moments. Let me tell you, you ever had, you had a moment this week? Anybody had a moment this week where you got rattled, you got messed up a little bit, your, your mind and your emotions were struggling? We have moments, but our moments shouldn't become lifestyles. And so we have to understand in that moment, wait a minute, what is God trying to do? What is he doing in my life? How can his word help me? And it all starts with being a healthy disciple, realizing that the end all is not the cure to all of these things that I just told you. Because this is what happens. We come to the church and we want a pill. We come to church and we want, just give me something for this. But relationship, God says, I don't want to give you something for that. I want to give you something for everything. So the question becomes, if I'm going to be a healthy disciple, I've got to ask myself a couple of questions. One, I've got to ask myself, do I have a responsibility to my future? I don't know if you've ever asked that question. Do I have a personal responsibility to the future that God is taking to me? Because if I have a responsibility to my future, it affects what I do, say right now. now. 
It affects what I say right now. It affects what I think right now. It affects the decisions and the choices that I make right now. So I've got to ask myself every day, I'm waking up, do I have a, not a desire for my future, but a responsibility? Do, my, do I owe my future the right things right now? I've got to ask myself, am I living for today or am I living for eternity? I want that to really sink in as we get into this. My message, I say this every week, but I mean it this week. It's not that long. So you're going to have to catch it. We're going to worship, and we're going to get out of the way. <laughs> um, but am I living for today, or am I living for eternity? If I'm living for today, every decision I make, everything I do, watch, this is about me, and it's about now. But there's some things you can do now that will hurt you later. A good spiritual physician will tell you that, and you'll see as we go on. Here's another question. Am I concerned with what concerns God? Am I concerned with what concerns God? And, and what made me ask this question as I was praying? What made me ask this question was this. I said, God, it seems to me, and this is my conversation with God. I'll let you peek in on it. It seems to me, God, that we rejoice now about things that grieve you. It seems to me, God, that we are excited about things that don't excite you. It seems to me that we celebrate things that you hate. And I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. And so, and so he says, you've got to get back to a place where what you prioritize and what you view is important and what sparks your flame and what lights your flyer is the same thing that excites God, the same thing that makes God passionate. Come on. See, this is hard to deal with because it's not about our are material possessions. You don't need, let me help you, you don't need to get up on a Sunday morning after you had gone through hell Saturday night, somebody will be honest, and, and you made it and you made the sacrifice to get in here on Sunday for me to tell you five steps to get the car you want. Come on. Because let me tell you something, if you're messed up on the inside, if your mind is messed up, if your heart is not right, if, if, if things are going on, you can go out to that driveway and that thing that you thought was a blessing will be a curse. But let me tell you something, if your heart is right and your mind is right and your soul is right and your, your life is in alignment with God, you can go out and hop on that bicycle and be excited and praise God. And, and what happened was this, is, 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 y'all with me? I promise you I won't be long. But what, what has happened over time is we began to say, if you have this or you have that, then you're godly. But let me tell you something. The apostles wouldn't agree with that. They would say, you know what? We were shipwrecked. We were hungry. We were poorly clothed. We worked with our own hands and still preached the gospel. And they said that, that we are of most, most, most men, watch this, most miserable. But they didn't call themselves less godly. Meanwhile, there was another group of people, watch this, who had everything they could want. Paul said, you're reigning like kings. He said, you got everything you need. People bow down to you. They esteem you. They respect you. But the one thing you're missing, you have all that, but you don't have God. Jesus said it like this. What would it profit a man? To gain the whole world and lose his soul. Let me bring some balance to this. 
How many of you would be honest and raise your hand high and say, there's some things that I want? Um, my, my hand is up because there's some things that I want. The problem is that not that we have things, but when the things and the desire for things has us. And so what happens is, is we, we spend our entire life trying to accumulate Accumulate all these things. I, 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 my life will be all right if this person's in my life. My life will be all right if I just have this car, or this much money, or this house, or this land. Or, you know, my life will be all right. And then you realize you get all that stuff and you still feel empty on the inside. How do, how do you know this, Pastor? Because I pray for these people <laughs> who have more than me and better than me. Come on, be honest in here. But when life happens, because it happens regardless of your financial status. I don't know who I'm talking to here. It, it happens regardless of your credit score. Life still happens. And when life happens, you're going to have to call somebody who's not hearing from your bank account. They're hearing from God. So A.W. Tozer said this before I get to the next thing. He said that in churches, most churches, if the Holy Ghost left, watch this. He said if the Holy Spirit left, 95% of the things that go on would still go on without anybody noticing. And I said, man, there's something wrong with that. But then I realized his statement was biblical because how many of you heard of Samson? Samson had the anointing and the power of God on his life. And he disobeyed God. And the Bible says this. It says that he went out just like before. And this is the part that messed me up, Brother Desmond. He said that he went out and he didn't even realize that God wasn't with him anymore. Lord, don't ever let me get so used to you that I don't know when you're gone. Lord, don't ever let me get so comfortable in my life that I don't even realize that your anointing is not on what I'm doing at all. Worship team, don't ever get to the point where you get up here and, and you sing and don't realize that the power of God is not there and you're just singing words. Don't ever open the door and not realize that the power of God is not on it. Don't ever lose the heart uh, for, for serving people in the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's so important. It's not all we're doing is watch this going through the motions. Let me preach. There's a difference. And here, here's the thing. And this is this is based this this point is based on a question I asked the Lord. I said, God, why don't you show up in certain things? I said, Lord, why why don't you show up in certain situations and certain things? And this is what he said. He said, There's a difference between desire and desperation. He said, There are people who want my hand, but they don't want to seek my face. He said, There are people who love what I can do for them, but they're not people who love me. Now, now, for this to hit home, you got to think about, because you got some people in your life like this. They don't love you. They love what you can do. I want that to sink in. You ever met somebody like that? I call them friendship one night stands. After they get what they want, they got what they want, but they don't want you. They just wanted what they wanted. This hitting home yet? But when someone is desperate for God, 21 days of fasting, they'll do whatever they have to do to get to him. The way has already been made. They'll move whatever they've got to move to hear from him. Well, God, why don't you move? Why don't you talk to him? Because they don't want to hear me. 
You know, the funny thing about preaching is preaching, the reason I talk to you about the questions that I ask God is because if you don't ask the right questions, you'll preach the wrong answers. Some of y'all missed that. <laughs> so you'll preach something that don't help people. They'll say amen to it. I'd rather you not say anything the whole time and leave helped than say amen, appease me, and still not change your life wherever God is calling you to change your life. There's a difference between desire and desperation. And so what happens is, is God says, I want this from you. And usually it's the one thing. If you're like me, you'll give God everything but that thing. You know, God, you can have this, you can have this, you can have the whole apartment, you can have the whole closet, except what's in this closet right here. And God is saying, you know what, keep all that. I just want to deal with this one space right here. I want to deal with why you're walking in so much fear, walking in so much anxiety. I want to deal with why you don't believe in yourself and why your self-esteem is a problem. I want to deal with your nasty, bad attitude and why you can't handle criticism. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. <laughs> but see, that's how God works. You pray and say, God, search me, Lord, and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. And God says, okay, I'm going to search you. I want you to deal with Not that. Mm-mm. And you know, we say, God, you know my heart. That's just the way I am. But God says, that's the way you are. But that's not the way you're going to stay if you come into a relationship with me. So why? Why, why listen to preaching? Why grow and be a healthy disciple? Why does God give you a pastor? I'll give you two, two reasons. He gives you a pastor because all of us have blind spots. And all of us have distractions. Blind spots and distractions. How many of you know what a blind spot is? A blind spot is, in short, it's just something you can't see. Because, y'all lean in, because of your vantage point. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that because of where you're standing, because of where you're sitting, because of your, 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 your line of sight, you can't see certain things if they're, watch this, in a certain spot. So there's blessings on your life. There's things that are coming against you in your life. And sometimes you're blind to both of them because of the position, watch this, that you're in right now. Tell somebody, get in position. But the other thing is distractions. And these things happen to all of us. This is why me and my wife, we were, we were going, we were supposed to be going to Ikea, and then we made a decision to go somewhere else, and I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but someone almost hit the car, and when they ended up pulling up, y'all know what I'm going to say, when we ended up, they ended up pulling up, this is what we see. It's not, it's not, watch this. They were so distracted, they didn't realize they were distracted. So it wasn't one of those things to look down real quick to see, you know how some of y'all do? No, it was just a second. Let me just check it real quick, because I know you're not supposed to text and drive. <laughs> Don't leave in condemnation. When we have altar call, y'all can repent. <laughs> but this was someone who obviously was used to used to this because they weren't even putting it down. They weren't even looking at the road. They were just. And of course, me and my wife being opposites, I'm like, oh, well, there's just another person being distracted. She's in the passenger seat going off. I'm letting her get it all out. You know. <laughs> I'm, I just gave y'all husbands some wisdom. Sometimes let them 
get it out. <laughs> and everything will be all right. But distractions, watch this, lead to accidents. Distractions, this is a free one, you can write it down, lead to destruction. And so what happens is, many times you come to the house of God, and God gives you a pastor, he says, who will say to you, not anything deep. He'll say to you, Brother Des, you're distracted. <laughs> you need to refocus. Some of you are distracted by your disappointments. You're distracted by your discouragement. You're distracted because people who should have done something didn't do it. I thought you were talking about being healthy disciples. I am, but I got to uproot all this stuff first. Because sometimes in order to receive what God is saying, you got you to deal with all this other stuff that we have to deal with during the week. You know? And so what happens is we get distracted. We can't even hear God because man has failed us. Man has disappointed us. And so we go to God and expect the same thing from him. You ever been at a point where you were so low, so discouraged that you tried to pray and you didn't even believe God was going to listen, let alone do anything in response to your prayers? Get some honest folk. It's just one honest person. All of y'all just all the time just believe God all the time that he's going to do it. You know, there's some times where I'm like, I'm praying, but I'm like, God. And all these people that I deal with during the week. <laughs> y'all thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> all these people I deal with during the week. Disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. So by the time I get down on my knees to talk to God, my expectation is that he's going to respond the way they do. So we got to deal with all of that, be honest about it, get it out of the way. Okay, so now that we deal with all of that, what does it mean to be a healthy disciple? Well, Jesus said this. He, he, he made this a priority for us. He said, and Jesus came up and he spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make what? Disciple is a learner. Disciple, a short version, is a learner. So if I'm a disciple of Christ, I'm a learner of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. Now, in the Bible, just to give you some history, lots of people had disciples. Doesn't that sound like today? Lots of people had their little following. They had their posse. You know, they had... You, you've seen these. I see some of these preachers, and they got their posse. They got like 12 people following them. I'm like, man, you got, po you got power over devils, but you don't, you don't have power to carry your own Bible? No, that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Y'all get that off the, the podcast. Go, 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 therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do what? Observe all that I have commanded you. So God does something in me, and to reproduce now, i got to help other people obey him. There's a beautiful promise attached to it, though. He says, and lo, I am with you always. So God tells us, you want, you want my presence in your life, I'll give it to you, but it's not attached to you begging for stuff, it's attached to you following me. And making disciples. Watch this. Focus. It, it, it's all about focus. So when the storms of life come, see, and this is why we preach, preach like this, because I need you to go into Monday and be able to handle the storm that's coming against you. Sometimes I'm going to tell you, you know what, you're going to go in your week and your blessing is on the other side and God is going to move in your life. But sometimes I'm telling you, I got to give you a word. I got to give you some vitamins so that when people act a fool, you can handle it. 
He said, fool in the church. <laughs> uh, we'll become healthy in mind, body, and spirit when we realize that God will bless his vision and not ours. And this is where a lot of us are hung up because instead of God giving us his vision for our life, Facebook gave it to us. Twitter gave it to us. Instagram gave it to us. All of these things told us what our families, our lives, our jobs, our children were supposed to look like. And so we spend, and y'all can get mad at me, but I still love you. We spend all this time chasing after images that are not even real. They're not. The same folk that are smiling at each other's face on that picture are arguing all day long. But God will bless his vision and not ours. So what does that mean? It means that as a disciple, I got to be able to see and hear. I got to be able to see where God is going. I got to be able to hear his voice so I know, God, what do you want for my life? Because here's what happens when you find that out. And some of y'all are finding it already. When you really seek God and ask him what he wants for your life, you're starting to see two things happen. People will be attracted to you and people will be repelled from you. Because what happens is you prioritize the plans of God. And if somebody's not interested in the plans of God, they'll start to do this. They run with you. They'll run with you as long as it's about them. You ever had, you ever had those, those, those people in your life? You've heard me say in this church, you know what they call themselves? They call themselves ride or die. Right? And you know how I finish that. What they really mean is ride till you die. But then you got some other folk, man, that, that you, they, they're with you. You, have, you had that one friend, they're with you no matter what. Like y'all can fight and argue, but y'all still with each other. We get on the playground and somebody come after you. We, we done argued all day long, but if somebody come after you, I'm jumping on them. <laughs> Some of y'all got family members like that. Man, y'all argue in the house all day long, but let somebody else say something about them. Mm -hmm. You ever, you ever, you're growing up, your parents told you to do something, and then you went, I don't, I don't know, some of y'all are too young for this, but then you went, and after they kind of turned their back, you said, <laughs> didn't say it to their face, but you, you know, I can't stand you person that's putting food on your table, clothes on your back, but they told you go to your room or you can watch or something, whatever they did, you didn't like, couldn't go out with your friends, you're like, can't stand you. <laughs> but the next day, you go to school and somebody say, your mom, are you ready to fight? You telling your friends, you telling your friends, man, my mom is so crazy, my dad is so crazy, they don't never let me do nothing. And then y'all get into a little spat and they're like, your mama? <laughs> What'd you say? Oh, we can go right now? No, some of y'all. Why girls always got to take their earrings off before they fight? Never understood that. Guys going to take off their shirt, stall. <laughs> I know some of y'all, see, see, some of y'all, yeah, I had to tell you, I ain't been saved that long. I ain't been in a lot of fights, but I just make sure when I fight, I win. <laughs> Tell people, don't pick a fight, you're not going to win. <laughs> That's spiritual, and y'all missed it. <laughs> y'all stop fighting over stuff where there's nothing to be won. 
Stop going over. You, 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 you spend your entire life chasing stuff for no reason. Battling for no reason. Getting in your own mind, in your own head, in your own heart for, watch this, say no reason. Power and presence follows obedience to the vision and the direction of God. I want as these, next, these last seven days, for those who are fasting, if you haven't been fasting, man, jump on the last seven days. Ask God what he wants you to do. Give up something for seven days. Um, but this time, don't leave those seven days still not knowing what God wants from you. Still not having clear direction for your life. Because I'm telling you, if you are desperate enough to have clear direction for what God wants from you, you'll have it. How do you know that? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open for Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door is open. God doesn't show partiality. If you want him to teach you, he will. If you want him to show you, he will. But, but we, and I got a problem with this because I'm a rigid person. We got to be open to what God wants. It can't be, God, I'm going to fast so that you can show me what I already saw in my own spirit. <laughs> How does that look right now? Some of y'all, teenagers. Lord, I'm going to serve you. Bless me if I could just have that man right there. And you don't know he'll be a disaster to you 10 years from now. So with the prayers, God, no, I don't want anything in my life that you didn't send. Say return to sender. When you're a healthy disciple, you start realizing that everything sent to you didn't come from God. It's just like you ever, you ever open your mailbox and there's some stuff that has your address on it but not your name. And you put it back in that, you got to put it back in that little slot so they take it on back. And some of them, some of these male people are like the enemy. They just keep putting it back in your mailbox. <laughs> Y'all miss that too. Some of the things that you got victory over, some of the things that you realized in your heart and in your mind, the enemy, he, he can't have total victory on you, but he'll come by your house and check on you. Just want to make sure... Um, just want to make sure that, that Brother Ronald, I want to make sure that you still got that door locked. So they just, you ever, you ever had somebody just ride by your house, made you a little uncomfortable? Ride by your apartment. What are they doing here? Enemy does the same thing spiritually. You pray, you believe God, your faith begins to rise, and then he just drives on by. Just want to make sure you're still, you're still praying, Misty. Just want to make sure you still love God. Because if you don't, I'm, I'm looking for an opportunity. See, that's how the enemy works. See, some of y'all think he shows up and says, uh, in the, in, in, with a pitchfork and a red suit, hey, I'm the devil. No, no, no. No, he's not coming like that. This is why you got to be healthy, subtle. Just wants to see if I could find a little crack in your window somewhere. That's why we've got to be healthy. We're supposed to influence the culture and not blend into it. And I got to say this, and this will make me unpopular in most, most circles, is we're, we're told, do this like the world does it so that you can attract more people. How about we reflect Christ so that people are not attracted to us, they're attracted to him. Say, it's not about me. See, see my, the old saints used to say, before they got up to preach, they would say, hide me behind the cross. So that folk don't see me, they see him. 
And see, that's the thing. And so when we realize that, that nothing that we accomplish, nothing that we do in our life, nothing, none of that matters. People don't need to, people didn't show up to see you. And they didn't show up to say, I'm preaching right now. Let me tell you what that means. That just means I'm the lowest of all. Paul said this. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is what he said. He said, I was the chief of all sinners. But God found me and he chose me to proclaim the gospel. So before we get so high minded about God using us, we got to realize that God chooses the foolish things. Watch this to confound. Y'all ever had that scripture? He chooses the foolish things to confuse the wise. So he'll take somebody that was not voted most likely to succeed. It's not in my notes, but I feel this today for somebody just to encourage you. You weren't the one. You were the last one picked on the kickball team like me going to school. You were the one that was always on the sidelines and just the substitute. But at the right time, God will raise you up and he'll use you to bring glory to his name. And you got to remember, it's not about you. See, in this age, we want to do something for God and immediately make sure, oh, you know what? Make sure you get the right camera angle. Let me go so into this person's life, but before we do that, let me get somebody, hey, take a picture of me giving this to someone. This is our generation. But Jesus, in Philippians, he said, he took on the form of a servant and he made himself of no reputation. And he's Jesus. if Jesus made himself of no reputation, why am I so important? Y'all miss it? Y'all, y'all miss that you caught it. God uses us not because of us, because the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. We're not the treasure. We have the treasure. The treasure chest is not the treasure. Look at somebody if you're not afraid and say, get over yourself. But God blesses us to carry the treasure. And for that, we should be grateful. And so we don't want to just say, I want to do things and say things so I can be like everybody else. Because what you end up finding is a year later, you look in the mirror and say, this is not even who God made me to be. The older people used to say it like this. When people are ready to come out from the world, they're not looking for something like they just left. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Is this, I hope this isn't hurting anybody's feelings. I know this isn't about how you get more money in your wallet. I understand that. But when somebody's ready for God, they're not looking to go to something that looks exactly like what they left. So here's the, the, the key. Luke chapter 9. And Jesus said this. Say Jesus said this. Got to be true. This isn't Shannon. It's Jesus. Then he said to the crowd, don't read your Bible too fast. Let me give you a quick study of Bible. Ask, when you read scripture, ask questions. Ask why God said certain things to the crowd and certain things to his disciples. Ask why he didn't say certain things. Ask why he chose to do th- certain things in public and certain things privately. Ask questions. That's how you grow. You don't grow by sitting there just absorbs, absorbs. No. Ask questions. As I'm preaching, write questions. Because that's how you receive revelation. 
Say, if you don't ask, you won't know. Then he said to the crowd. The crowd is interesting in the Bible because the the crowd sometimes benefits from the residue. God is doing a miracle and people in the crowd receive the stuff, but the disciples receive revelation. So that's why 5,000 men plus women and children all got fish and bread, but they didn't all have the revelation of what happened. I'm excited, man. I'm preaching to myself today. That's all right. Even if any of you wants to be my follower, you must, first thing, first thing, I was sharing with some of the brothers two weeks ago about this. The first thing to enter into following Jesus is I got to give up my own way. And many of us are stopped. Say stopped. Right there. We cannot get past this first point. And so our relationship with God stays stagnant because we want to follow him, but we want to follow him our way. And with our problem, he said, no, if you're going to follow me, you have to give up your own way. And so what happens is, is you have places that are packed. You have places that, and not all of them, but a lot of times is, is you can't tell the difference between whether it's a self-help thing or whether it's a God thing. And the reason you, you, you can't tell the difference is because no one's ever challenged to give up their own way. We tell them that the gospel is a gospel of self-fulfillment, but really there's a gospel first of self-denial so that you can be fulfilled. Take up your cross daily. What does that mean, Pastor? Because I've heard it before. Just take up your cross and follow Jesus. person carrying their cross knows what's happening to them. They know that they're carrying the very thing that they have to die on. Hmm. You got to give up your own way. And then every day, you got to die to yourself. Because you got every day you wake up with desires. You wake up with opportunities to do things your own way. You wake up with opportunities to make your own choices. You wake up with opportunities to indulge yourself. And you got to realize as soon as your feet hit the ground after you get out of bed, I got to die to myself today so that I can hear from God. Because sometimes dying for yourself means that you're presented with something that's going to be a blessing to somebody else, but an inconvenience to you. Sometimes you're presented with things that are going to be a blessing to you that start as an inconvenience. Sometimes you're presented with things that are blessings that, dress, that are dressed like problems. Seldom in the scripture does God send something, but that the packaging looks like what he's actually sending. So we push away what he's actually doing in our lives. That's why I say sometimes my job as a pastor is to get up here, take this microphone, and through the word of God, provoke you. So I'll ask you something that's bothering you. I want you to repeat after me. Say, I ain't. Some of y'all English majors have a problem with that. I was an English teacher. So I, I can do that and kind of be okay. But say, I ain't scared of you. You can't help a friend you're scared of. It's not only important to know that God put people in your life. You need to know why he put them there. Do you realize that God loves you so much that sometimes he assigns people to your life to help you get to the next level? He assigns assigns them not to make you comfortable where you are, but to grab your hand and say, okay, it's time to take another step. To say, you know what? 
I know what you've been through, but I'm here to just provoke that vision that God has placed in your life, and I'm going to help you go forward just a little bit. And so we're designed. We, we, we say this, I don't need nobody, just me and Jesus. But you're designed, whether you realize it or not, to, to access certain things through godly relationships. How, how do you know that? How is it that God can promote Daniel, watch this, and God doesn't pr- promote his three friends. Daniel talks to, y'all miss this, Daniel talks to the king. And he says, hey, I got my boys. I need you to take care of them. And so all of his boys get jobs, not because God gave it to them, but because a relationship, watch this, that was built in a godly way, gave them favor. And so God gives you maybe the person sitting next to you. You don't even realize it because you're arguing with each other all the time. But you don't realize that that person sitting next to you is your favor. And you missed it. That person who said that thing to agitate you, to say, you need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. You need to believe in yourself. You need to believe that God put something inside of you. Even when you don't want to hear it, God put them in your life for a reason. And they're your favor. Say, thank God for my favor. Okay, so if you try to hang on, and this is where many of us find ourselves. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. You ever been holding on? to dear life for something that wasn't good for you? Told you no pretense in this church. I'm not going to take this microphone and just do that. We, we got to be real. Sometimes we're holding on for dear life to something that's trying to kill us, and we don't even realize it. People hold on to people that are abusive to them, and they hold on to them. Because you know what? Eventually they'll change. They hang on to people who are predisposed to losing their temper all the time. Let me tell you something. They don't get it under control now. It's going to be a problem later. How do you know, Pastor? You know what? You, you, you pray for enough people. You study enough patterns, and you realize that certain things don't change until God changes them. And sometimes the biggest change for people will come when you decide to walk away. Quiet But if you give up your life, your way of doing things, you'll do what? You'll save it. Your preservation sometimes is in what you're willing to let go of. This is discipleship. It's knowing what to keep. As we follow Jesus, he shows us what to keep. He shows us what to let go of. He shows us what to hold on to, hold on tight to. He tells us, you know what, this is not good for you. I used to have this picture growing up as a believer. You know, Jesus would be sitting in a circle because he's the guru, and his little minions, his disciples would just be sitting around, and he'd just be talking like a guru and wisdom to him. But when you really study the Bible, that's not how he discipled them. They learn because they, say this, walked with him. So they would literally do life with Jesus, and situations would come up. People would be blind, people would be deaf, and they're walking with Jesus, and watch this, he never heals anybody the same way, so he heals some, one person by laying hands on him, heals another person by spitting on the ground and making, you know, and they're seeing all of this. And he's trying to teach them, don't follow my pattern, follow me. Never let your own way keep you from his best. Never let your own way keep you from his best. Sometimes what we're looking at, and this is a question I ask almost everywhere I go, because it's important and you need to ask this. What am I looking at and what do I see? These two, think, these two things are important and they're not always the same. 
both of us could be looking at something, but both of us may not be seeing the same thing. And so it's not only important what I'm looking at, what's facing me, what I'm going through, what I'm struggling with, but what do I see when I'm walking through these things? This is so important. Do I see that my own way is the only way, or am I really willing to realize that if I can let go of my way, I can have God's way? That's how we, be a, how, how we become disciples. How does that look like practically? Pastor, I'm going through this. I'm dealing with that. And, and um, More often than not, something like this will happen, hypothetically. Um, someone will be dealing with something, someone will be going through something, and, Pastor, what should I do? Well, let's go to the Bible. Such and such says this and this and so and so. So you should do this, and this is what God says. He'll do this if you do this. And you know what people say? I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Remember what I told you at the beginning? There's a difference between desire and desperation. The person who just desires something says, I don't know if I can do that. Person who's desperate for a move of God says, I'll do whatever you say. Desperation. You can't follow God and keep your own way at the same time. It is called self-delusion. It means I'm deceiving myself when I believe that I, I can walk with God but still hold on to my own way. And most of the time you don't you don't watch this, you don't recognize people doing this until life happens. And you start to dig a little further and a little further. And, and, and you realize, wait a minute, here we go. It's just like going to the doctor and the doctor says, I, I need you to adjust your diet and I need you to do this and such and such. And here's what happens. You show up for your follow-up and they look at the counts and when nothing's changed, they ask you, did you do, you ever been there? Did you do such and such? And they already know the answer. And this is what happens to you in prayer. You get down, Lord, this hasn't changed. And God says, what did you do? Such and such, so and so. God doesn't ask questions for information. He asks to bring you to a level of awareness. And he doesn't do it to judge. He says, okay, I love you. I need you to do what I told you to do back here so I can take you where you want to go. Y'all with me? One more thing. One or two more. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because, and this is the part that I want you to really pay attention to, because we live like Jesus here in this world. Everything I've said today has been to get to this point right here to, to help us with this. We're called to represent Christ here on the earth. When we gather together and we sing and we worship and we pray and we do an invitation and we hug you and we shake your hand and we do this, it's because I want to help you mature so that we can all live like Christ in this world, whether we go on our jobs, whether we go on our homes, whether we're dealing with our relationships or anything else, that we respond as Christ would respond. And this is why this is important, because if you ask anybody now, almost, almost um, anybody, if you ask them, Sometimes the lifestyle, and I'm not saying anything in particular, the lifestyle of the believer and the unbeliever is completely indistinguishable. Can't tell the difference. And it's not that we don't have issues. How many of you have a weakness? Oh, y'all all strong. Okay. All right. Yeah. But some of us, we got, we got a weakness. We got something that, that I call it a that thing. <laughs> It's just whatever it is, that thing. Some of us, it's just we, we, we talk too much. 
Somebody in the pews or Pastor, you're talking too much right now. <laughs> um, I can handle that, but you might need it later, so just keep listening. Um, so what happens is, over time, our sin, S-I-N, sin, it's no longer sin. It becomes issues. And so we don't, we don't deal with sin because they're my issues. Are y'all with me? But when we become a disciple, Jesus says your unbelief is not an issue. It's a sin. Your worry, your anxiety, because you follow Jesus, okay? You follow Jesus now. So he's walking with you. He's with you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. His presence is with you. He's going to help you deal with all your mountains and all your issues. I'm telling you, for real. He is. But he says to you, your worry, your anxiety, you're doing it your own way. You're this, you're that, the other. They're not issues. Son, daughter, they're sin. And you can't. Pacify, massage, rub, sin. Only answer to that is repentance. Here's what repentance is not. Repentance is not coming down, hitting yourself till you cry like crazy and you feel like you've repented. Repentance means God has confronted me with something. You ever been confronted by God with something in your heart? Just means he's dealt with you on something. This is, I, I'm bringing this to your attention. Some of you have heard these things right now. Whatever it is, I'm overwhelmed and, and, and overtaken in anxiety right now. And because you said that, that's God confronting you right now. He's not saying you're a bad person. He's saying there's something in your life we need to deal with. And that means that I've been walking in the direction of worry, anxiety, whatever. And so he says repent means turn around. And so now with the help of God, I walk in the direction of faith, courage, wisdom, Fellowship. You understand where I'm going? So this is why, and we're closing. This is why repentance has become an ugly word because nobody takes three minutes to explain what it actually is. It isn't somebody saying, you repent, turn or burn. <laughs> Y'all heard that? That's not repentance. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of direction, I'm turning from what was to the God who can help me become all that he wants me to be. Can we say amen? Stand to your feet. If you're physically able, we're going to stand. I think, I know, there, there are some messages that you preach and they are solely God, God is given them because he wants to challenge you. So what that means to me is there's at least one person in here that God wanted to challenge at the core of their heart in their being to just take another step in their walk with the Lord. It's not calling you to have everything right or everything perfect, but to say, God, there was something in that message that spoke to me. There was something in what, what you said through the pastor today or the scripture I heard or a point that I heard that really hit me right here. That means God is dealing with you. That means that there's something that he wants you to look at so that he can move you further in his walk with him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you can say there was something that God has either encouraged me or there's something that I just need to work on, I want to see your hand. Thank you so much for being honest and transparent. And so here's the invitation. It's very simple. It's no, no fluff, no um, trying to make you feel anything. 
We're simply going to say to God in this worship, you can have it all. All of me is yours. Everything belongs to you. I'm nothing without you. Here I am, all my weaknesses, all my flaws, all my strengths, all my everything, mind, body, and spirit is yours. Father, use our worship today. Receive it as an act of surrender. Receive it as an offering of ourselves to you. And Lord, we sing with, and worship with sincerity of heart right now. And as you do that, I ask you to open eyes this day, that you'd speak to hearts today. I feel so strongly that, Lord, that I don't need to be giving specific words today, that you'll deal with people through the worship as they, they, if they sincerely open their hearts and they sincerely worship you, blocking out the distractions of this world, blocking, of the, the, blocking out the distractions and the desire for other things, as we express publicly our desperation for you, I ask you to move in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name. Just lift your hands as we feel strongly, and this won't be long, but as we, we leave, there's somebody in their heart saying, I heard you, I heard, heard the message, I've, I've worshiped. Where, where do I start? Where, where do I start? There's so many things in my life I don't know what to deal with. And if that's you, Here's what I want you to do. Say, Lord, I'm willing in your heart. You know, I'm, I'm willing to surrender it all. If that's you, just slip your hand up quickly. I want to see it just so I know who to pray for throughout the week. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to sit and receive from you. We thank you for the privilege of worship, Lord. In worship, our lives change, our minds change, our hearts change. Lord, we cannot leave your presence the same way we came in. I pray over your people today as we learn to love you with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, Lord, that you will move mightily on their behalf. Oh, God, I pray that you would give them instruction, that you would give them direction, that you would give them fresh vision for their lives as they align with you. And as they go through their week, believing you for favor, believing you for increase, believing you for signs and wonders in their life, remind them that it's done and birthed out of relationship with you and Lord as we prioritize our relationship with you I declare miracles somebody shout miracles somebody shout signs somebody shout wonders say this with me say I am a recipient of favor God loves me he cares for me he's for me he's not against me and he's working things out for my good in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. Don't leave till I get a chance to shake your hand. God bless you.